Hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I'm your host, Lucky. And today we're going over to the addiction subreddit. The The thing about addiction that always, uh, I, I, man, it's so hard for me to, to understand it, right? Because I, I have, well, it's easy for me to understand addiction, right? But it's so hard for me to understand people that don't understand addiction, right? Because I think, our, you know, it's just our brains are, 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 are wired differently, right? Like when somebody ends up saying, hey, I'm going to go have a drink and they actually have a drink. It makes absolutely no sense to me, right? It, do, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, or, you know, oh, I'll have a, I'll have a salad and they only have a salad. It just does not make any sense to me. I mean, you know, that's just, that's just the way I am when I, when I, when I, when it comes to something and, you know, I, you could, you could say there are some, you know, Dr. Drew has talked a lot about, you know, hypomania and how it can be very beneficial for people. You know, if you look at uh, some of the most, you know, the most intense, you know, billionaires ever, they probably have some type of uh, hypomania to them. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, it, it's, it, it's just the way that I, I'm wired, right? Like whenever I, you know, whenever I do something, I do it all or I don't do it at all. It's, it's very hard for me to, to fully, uh, to, to, to half-ass something, so to speak, you know, I, I, I can, by the way, I do half-ass things. Uh, but when it comes to things that just trigger dopamine, it's like either all or nothing, you know what I mean? So, Anyway, let's go over to the addiction subreddit. Uh, the first the first post here says, broken. I'm just a broken little boy trapped in a 21-year-old body, slowly decaying. Trapped, locked inside a, full, a brain full of trauma, abuse, and mental anguish. Lost in the depths of mental illness. Emotions locked so tightly away that I can no longer feel. Just a lonely soul wanting love but can never truly accept it into my life because of fear. A soul that cannot confront anything or anyone because of fear of being beat up. A soul that pleases other souls in the hopes it will be it will make me feel that happiness I felt when I was three. To feel that happiness before this world as we know it threw me into the shit storm of my life. Nobody can help me because I have a gigantic a gigantic excuse me safe inside me, and I threw away the key a while ago. I'm just another lost, broken soul screaming to get out of the maze of trauma. Yeah, you know that's in, that's an interesting metaphor with the with the lock the the lock so to speak. Um, or sorry, the, the safe, because if you think about it, that's kind of what we, we, we think of in terms of our hearts, right? Obviously, you know, I mean the metaphorical heart, I do understand that the heart doesn't actually have a lot to do with, uh, with certain things in terms of emotion, but yeah, I mean, that, that does sound like what we do with our hearts. We, we end up, uh, you know, locking them up so that nobody can get to us. Uh, the other way that I like to use it is is from the the religious standpoint of this heart of stone that can only be broken by, but it's typically broken by God. But I think a lot of us have a different uh, have a lot of different ways of breaking our hearts of stone. Right? Is uh, when you find that that person that shows you love. It's typically love that breaks a heart of stone, or or ends up it ends up being the key to your your safe. And you know, it sucks to see that you know these young people. Um, they, they, it's like they, they lose, they're losing trust so fast because I mean, why would they trust anybody? Right. It just doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense to trust anybody because it's such a, it, it's, it, it's been proven before. Right. Um, I think trust issues come from, uh, by the way, this is just me hypo, uh, hypothetically speaking, but I think trust issues come from, uh, a, a history of, of action of, of betrayal of a history of betrayal. Right. Um, not all the time, but it can happen. And I, I've seen, you know, I've talked to people on my podcast about it. I remember one one in particular I can think of would be uh, Megan Judge from Judging Megan, right? It, it's this idea that you know that this per that uh, you know her 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 uh, 
she she just always ha- was was very uh you know it, it it was almost like she all of her relationships she just couldn't trust to to last because of her uh you know her her father passed away when she was very young and then you know her mother uh uh got with a stepdad that was very very abusive emotionally i don't know about uh, i can't remember about the other ones but um uh, if, if he was like if he was uh physically abusive but uh, definitely mentally abusive and so she she lost trust with with uh she lost trust for you know any um any uh parental figures and once you lose trust with parental figures it's very easy i mean who do you trust right if you lose trust with your family who do you trust after that uh and so you know for to seeing this i i feel like that's probably that's got to be uh something that's that, that's got to be something from from a family uh, side because i mean i think it's a safe that's, that's like a safe bet to make right you know um, it's like, it's like, a it's like betting on like John Jones or something like that in MMA. It's a very safe, safe assumption to make, but I really do wish that person all the best. Hopefully you can find, you know, a surrogate family out there that you can, uh, sir, you know, a community that will accept you for who you are. Cause that, that's just, that's just, that's just terrible, man. And when you, when you can't trust anybody, uh, it becomes, you know, drinking or, or drugs become a very simple substitute, right? Because, oh, no matter what, you can, you can always get high, right? You can always do this. And it tends to, it tends to uh, become an escapism, right? You start to forget the terrible lies that you've been sold in your past. You start, you start to forget the, the terrible, uh, the, the trauma that has been put on you, even though you remember it the next day when you're hungover and, th- and, you know, all of a sudden, all you can think about is the hangover and the trauma that you've, you've, uh, dealt with throughout your life. So, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's a tough one, man. I, hopefully, uh, hopefully you're able to get some help through that, uh, you know, through a therapist, like, uh, psychiatrist or whatever it may be. Uh, very lonely as an next post here. I am mostly sober, but through my actions, I've become very isolated. Socializing is very hard. I have few friends, None I can actually hang out with. Uh, is it possible to, uh, to be able to get off drugs completely when there are days you have nowhere to go and nothing to do? That is a great question. That is the, the problem with uh, what's that? What's that? Uh, that's saying, right? Idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? Uh, be very careful with that. And when there's nothing to do, there's always a possibility that there you you know that you're overlooking something, right? In terms of things that you can do. Um, as long as you're an able, uh, a willing and able uh, adult, you can probably do find something to to uh, uh, to fill those the time with, right? Whether it be going for a walk, even dude, even if it's just a nap or something like that, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to you don't want to spend like six hours in bed on a on a Friday uh, Friday morning or something like that. But you know, as long as uh, of course you're unless you're you're a freight shift worker or something like that, like a late night worker, uh, but anything that you can do to fill your time would be good you know and this is this is this is my this was what i had to start off with uh which was uh video games i had to start with video games because they were the only things that were like keeping me from from doing things when when i first got uh when i first got uh it was, i was on furlough when the pandemic first started it was the uh, video games were the only things i could do because i i really fell deep because you know when you when somebody says oh you're not you're a non-essential worker right uh it what what is that supposed to mean right it, it really sucks to to i i think they did they did they did a terrible job of of using uh of wordage you know in terms of uh telling people that oh you're a non-essential worker so we're just gonna send you home and pay you to stay home 
Uh, sure, was it cool to stay home and get money? Yeah, but you know, you're saying I'm a, I'm a non-essential worker. That makes me feel like crap. So uh, when I first got thrown to home, uh, thrown back home, you know, and was given this monthly check or you know this check, I just remembered thinking to myself man, what am I going to do? And it was, it was very tempting to go back to like weed and, 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 and alcohol and stuff. But, um, you know, what I filled it up with because I couldn't even go to the gym anymore, man. I couldn't go to the gym. Sure. I'd walk around and stuff, but I, I just, there was just nothing I could do. Uh, so I ended up, uh, I ended up downloading, uh, what was it? Elder Scrolls Skyrim and just, you know, went after it, man. I went after it like a madman. I remember spending, uh, like five hours just doing blacksmithing, man. Do you know how, little you have to do uh or how uh how empty your life must be if you spend six hours in a day just blacksmithing things just going to get the material oh okay now i'm gonna go i'm gonna go smith this but it was so addicting and i i you know i loved it now once i got back into work it was you know it was a little tough to like get off of because the minute i get home i'd be like all right time to go back to the game time to go back to the game time to go back to the game so yeah it can be it can be tough to to add one uh, addiction to another but it is it is something that is used quite a bit i'll give you an example right when a lot of times when people are dealing with uh, drug addictions or something like that a lot of times they will substitute it with a religious addiction so they'll just start reading the bible very intensely they'll start going to uh, church and, and start you know participating in all the activities that would be a better addiction than i would say you know a an alcohol addiction a drug addiction of some sort uh, but I still would say there's not, um, you know, th that leaves very little to balance in your life, you know, if you're just at the church all the time. Uh, so, by the way, I love church and all this stuff, but uh, th you have to strike a balance somewhere, right? Like, are you going to hang out with your friends? Like, even pastors have friends that they hang out with, on the, on, you know. So, you know, with uh, with something like this, you might you might try and find a different uh, different association uh, to to go with for a little while. Uh, sure, video games aren't the best thing, but they're definitely not the worst thing that you could be addicted to. So, um, quitting smokeless tobacco may be the hardest thing I've ever done. I've been dipping since I was 13, and I live in Kentucky. If you don't know, if you didn't know, tobacco is very plentiful here and pretty cheap. And almost every male I know does it. I'm now married and have a kid, and I really want to quit because I'm afraid of getting mouth cancer eventually. My gums have uh, re receded pre uh, pretty badly, and I'm going through a can of ha and a half a day. Ooh, that's a lot. I've tried uh, sunflower seeds and nicotine uh, pouches, and nothing working. What did the what did the trick for anybody who had bad smokeless tobacco addiction? I never had smokeless tobacco addiction. I had I I had to, uh, I I don't think I was ever addicted to cigarettes because the thing was I had so many addictions going on that it didn't really you know cigarettes were kind of like um, I guess if you want to look at it this way. Uh, when I was very little, when I used to watch TV uh, during the commercials, is when I would eat fries or the side dish. And during uh, the actual, you know, during the actual, uh, the actual show, I would actually eat the, I would eat the, the hamburger or whatever the main dish was. Uh, so, you know, to me, t uh, tobacco or, you know, uh, smoking cigarettes was like the, the side dish to the, the main dish, which was alcohol and, and weed. But, you know, I could go through like, man, if I, if I, I remember when I went to Texas, uh, you know, when I was visiting one time. And, you know, I couldn't smoke smoke weed or drink. Uh, well, I could drink, but I, I couldn't smoke weed. I remember I went through like a pack in a couple of days. Like it, it was it was not very long at all. I just I just walked around smoking. That was kind of it. 
Uh, and so, and you know, back then I still call them cancer sticks, but you still do it. You know, you still do it. You still need that. You still need that, that feeling of e inhaling, exhaling some type of smoke, right? Obviously you don't, you don't hold it like you do with uh, marijuana, but still, um, as for, for t smokeless tobacco, I would imagine some type of gum would be the only thing I could think of, right? Cause you're, you're constantly chewing, uh, obviously sunflower seeds make, and it may, uh, sunflower seeds, it makes it, it makes sense, right? Because you do the same actions. You're you're chewing and then you spit it out. But I don't know, man. Uh, and nicotine pouches sounds good, but you you have to when you look at an addiction, you have to try it, and you're trying to quit it, and you're trying to like maybe uh, you're trying to uh, substitute something else for it. You probably need something in that same vein. So I would imagine chewing gum would be in a similar vein to that, and you know, much healthier, right? Much healthier. So I might try, you might try nicotine gum if they're, if, uh, if they have that out there, I, I know that was a popular thing back in the day. Uh, I don't know if that's still a thing now. I, I think it is right. Cause when I remember I went to go get more cigarettes one day at uh Walgreens, I think it was and good for Walgreens for doing this, but I was really pissed off. Uh, I ended up going in, Hey, do you guys have cigarettes here? And they were like, no, we only have like, uh, we, we don't sell We don't sell tobacco anymore. We only sell like nicotine patches and all that stuff. I was like, no, nah, I'm okay. I just, I just got out. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. So yeah, at least for, uh, for me, uh, I, I, I kind of just had other addictions going on. So once I quit those big addictions, I didn't, I never touched a, a cigarette again. So. All right, let's see here. Uh, next post here. I relapsed today. I relapsed today after uh, after almost six months. It sucked. I didn't even like it. My brain's telling me because I didn't like it, uh, I must not be an addict. Anyway, oh, that's a very interesting insight. Anyways, going to a meeting, trying not to let my brain trick me. At least I think that's what's happening. Any advice would be nice. <clears throat> um, that's a very interesting point, right? Oh, well, I don't like it, so I can't, uh, you know, my brain's telling me I don't like it, so I can't be an addict. Uh, that's not always true. Uh, by the way, this isn't like an, uh, uh, this isn't like me trying to argue with this person. It, it's, I like that. I like that, uh, that introspection right there because, uh, that's what happens a lot, right? Like your brain ends up telling you, oh, you don't like this, but you need it, right? It's, it's, it's a difference between what you want and what you need. And once an, an, once an addiction happens, it's basically becomes what you need, you know, oh, you need this or, um, more more commonly uh the addiction it, it becomes an addiction when it's like i need this despite the fact that i actually i actually need to do this this and this and this is actually getting in the way of it so once you start once it starts uh, interrupting your everyday your your the things that you actually need to do like going to work like going to uh, uh achieving your goals once it gets in the way of that um but yeah, listen, relapses happen. Relapses can happen all the way up to like, you know, I've heard of relapses after 10 years, heard about relapses over 20 years. And that's, uh, that's got to suck. Uh, you know, I, I'm not looking forward if that ever happens, but uh, relapses do happen. And you, you do have to stay, you, you have to say to yourself, okay, I, I forgive. Cause remember it's you who messed up. So it's, you have to think to yourself, I forgive myself for 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 making for making the slip up because if you don't it's just going to make you want to it's going to make uh your uh it's going to reduce your self-respect for yourself you know what i mean once you start reducing your self-respect for yourself it makes you want to go back to addiction because what is addiction anyway it's literally you saying i don't respect myself or my body so i'm going to continue to do this thing that could one day hurt me or that can one that uh, one day 
will probably inevitably inevitably have um you know ramifications and so with self-respect you say to yourself oh i respect myself too much i have too much to live for for me to to um to succumb to this so yeah that's uh that's you know that's uh that's good that you're you're going back to uh meetings and actually along that same line i'm going to read this uh this next post uh, I'm going back. I've made the decision to go back to rehab. I feel weak and ashamed. Uh, there's nothing to feel weak and ashamed about, you know. I mean, I'm sure you feel weak and ashamed in the moment. And listen, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, what, what uh, invalidate your feelings. I, I think that's that's a very valid feeling to have. But when we talk about um, when we talk about going to rehab, that's one of the strongest moves you can do because it's scary, right? You literally admitted that my problem is so bad that I need a rehab, right? That I need rehab. I need. I literally need to be. I really need to put. Uh, I literally need to be. Uh, you know, uh, what was it? Surveillance. I really need to. I need professional help, right? And that's that's scary for anybody. So, uh, sure, you feel weak and ashamed right now, but I think that you will be. I think you'll be better off for it. You know. So, um, anyway, let's go over to. Oh, we'll do one more post here. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, what in the world? Wow, I drank a shot hand sanitizer. I think, or I, I, I was already drunk and I wanted more. It's the fourth time within the year, and I think I need help. Absolutely. I mean, once you start doing other things, because that's that's the thing, right? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, oh man. I, I was going to use an anime reference, but this isn't my this isn't my anime podcast. Um, but it reminds me of you know like a like an amoeba or one of those things that just they they kind of like uh, they eat things next to them like whatever they come in contact with. That's what it reminds me of when we talk about addiction, right? Um, you know, I remember when I would when I would get drunk, dude. Just everything you know, everything that was anything that somebody wanted to give me, I would just eat. You know, like if uh, it's like, hey, you want to go to Taco Bell? Sure, I'll go to Taco Bell. Give me like seven tacos or something like that. You know, um, and or you know, I remember. I, I actually I do remember this very vividly. I was at a family function one time, or family dysfunction, I guess if you want to call it that. Uh, and I was drinking, and you know, one of my my cousins came up to me, and she was like, she's like, oh, you like uh, white wine? I was like, no. Does it get you fucked up? She's like, yeah. All right, I'll take it. Never had white wine before. It was, you know, it was pretty good. But still, the fact that I never tried it before, uh, you know, just made it seem, you know, it, it definitely opened my eyes a little. Well, it, it it's it's weird in hindsight now to look back on it. And it's just like, oh, you never tried this substance, substance before, but it has alcohol in it. Sure, I'll take it. So yeah, you have to be really careful with, uh, with, you know, once you're in that mental state to just take whatever is near you because that's 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 literally the definition of an addict at that point right that that person that just can't stop they can't stop they they don't have that they don't have that break installed right they just go 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 until they hit the wall and that wall you know could end up uh really hurting them so anyway best of luck to anybody out there that is uh dealing with their own addictions no matter what they may be even if you think they're small addictions you know i i encourage you to to give it, give, give it, a, give yourself a shot. You know, even if it just means like a month off of uh, Facebook, or sorry, like a day or two off of Facebook, or you know, whatever you want, whatever you want to do. You know, uh, it's always good to take steps into uh, learning self control. But anyway, guys, remember you can check out all things casual at the link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. As always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual. <laughs>